Everybody put your hand together and give God praises. Turn with me to Genesis, the 27th chapter, and I ask if you would stand with me this morning. Amen. Please, please don't forget to be in service tonight. Your breakthrough is going to be here, and God's going to do something for us this morning as well. Genesis 27 and 1, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, my son, and he said unto him, behold, here am I. And he said, behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, the weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me, and take me some venice. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob his son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids of the goats. Of the goats. Everybody remember that, of the goats. And I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. My father preeventually will fill me, and I will sing uh, unto him as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And he went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And his mother made savory meat such as his father loved. And Rebekah took godly raiments of her eldest son, Esau, which was with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skin of the kids of the goats, remember that, the, 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 the skin of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and bread and she had prepared, which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. And he came to his father and, and said, my father, and he said, Have, here am I. I who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thy uh, bettest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto him, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, I, let me feel thee, my son, whether thou art my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near to his father, and he felt him and said, The voice 
is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not because the hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hand, so he blessed him. You may be seated. I'm going to minister to you from this message, Jesus, you're the goat. Jesus, you are the goat. Uh, I want to talk about this, and I want you to have a very good understanding of this terminology, goat, because I've heard a lot of people use this word unwisely, and they'll pick up these phrases that don't know the spiritual uh, content of that symbol of a goat. Uh, people are calling themselves the goat, and I'm the goat. There are two goats mentioned in the Bible. One is an antichrist goat, and one is a sacrificial goat. And you're not either one of them. So to refer to yourself as the goat, either you're preferring to you're referring to yourself as the antichrist, or referring to yourself as the Christ. So we have to watch terminology that we use in, 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 in the Masonic realm, in masonry, in symbolism. They use the star, the goat, as a symbol, riding the goat. All of these are terminologies that are spiritual terminology. And sometimes we pick up terms that we hear from Hollywood we pick up terms that we hear from people and not understanding the full meaning of those words and we address them and call ourselves them. You are not the goat. Goats often symbolize rebellious people. Goats also symbolize people who are damned to hell. Go down to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Y'all with me? I want you to follow me now. Matthew 25 and verse number, hallelujah, 5 and 32, 25 and 32, uh, Matthew 25 and 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a sheep divided his, uh, as a shepherd divided his sheep from his goat. And he shall set the sheep on the right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them that on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and ye visited me. I was in prison and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer and say unto him, Lord, when saw we hungry and fed thee not, thirsty and gave you not drink? When saw we a, you, you a stranger and took you not in, or naked and you and clothed you not? Or in prison, uh, and and did, uh, uh, or saw we sick or in prison and came unto thee. Verse 40. And the king shall say unto them, Valley, valley, as much as you've done to my least one, you've done it to my brother, you've done it to me. Then shall he also unto them on the left. Now, if we read uh, in verse uh, number uh, 32, and behold, 
uh, before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from his goats. Remember? And he's got the goat on the left and the sheep on the right. Amen. And verse 41 says, Then shall he say also to them that are on the left, which is referring to what? The goats. Depart from me, ye cursed. So he refers to the goats as somebody's cursed. Into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So to refer to ourselves as the goat brings you under a curse. The goats are the cursed ones, and in fact, speaks of those that are damned to hell. So be careful with the terminology that you address without understanding the spirituality of the terminology. Are y'all with me, saints? Amen. Uh, we live in a time that is somewhat different. Uh, the, the music industry, the world, is gradually intertwining inter, uh, spiritualism in music, spiritualism in art, and even spiritualism in worship. Recently, uh, uh, you heard uh, 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 Kirk Franklin singing these songs that included the goat and about who would bow to the goat and all of these things in a twain. See, the devil don't mind you worshiping and not knowing what you're doing. He just wants to be worshiped. Even if you do it ignorant, he just wants to be worshiped. Somebody say hallelujah. But I want to speak of Jesus and how he in some way or form of fashion brings himself as the goat. Not only does he symbolize himself as the lamb, but he's also symbolized as the goat. And this is for a particular reason. Uh, let me give you one more scripture and then I'm going to go further. Uh, but let me give you what we just read. In Genesis chapter 27, Esau and Jacob are the sons of Isaac, which is Abraham's son. And God has made a covenant with Abraham that I'm going to bless you, but the blessing will flow through the firstborn, the blessing of the firstborn. So Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless Isaac. And it should have been because Isaac was, the, uh, was considered in God's sight Abraham's only son. I'm going to bless Abraham. I'm going to bless Isaac. And then I'm going to bless Esau. But God saw fit to change some of the plan. And God says, I'm going to skip the firstborn. And I'm going to give this blessing to your secondborn. So I'm going to bless Abraham, I'm going to bless Isaac, and I'm going to bless Jacob. But legally, Isaac, I mean Esau, is the one that's supposed to get the blessing. He's the one supposed to get it because it is deemed to him because God says something spiritually, but the law says the blessing is not to go to Jacob, but it's to go to Esau. And God spoke to Isaac and he spoke to Rebekah and let them know that the blessed child is Jacob. But Esau and Isaac has a relationship and Isaac says, I'm going to force the blessing of God on Esau because that's the child that I love. And just as Esau is getting ready to give that blessing 
are pronounced that Isaac is getting ready to pronounce that blessing on Esau, Rebecca, the mother, hears what Isaac is about to do. And she tells her son, hurry up. Your father's about to give the blessing to Esau. And I want you to hurry up into the field because there's an exchange for the blessing. Your father wants some goat. And if you give him that goat that he wants and serve him, he's going to turn around and bless you for the goat dinner that you're fixing. Amen. I don't know. Amen. Was it curry goat? I don't know. Was it jerk goat? A brown stewed goat? But while Esau is in the field, which represents the world, getting the goat. The mother takes two goats, kills them, fix the food, and say, go in there and take it to your daddy. Jacob says, but I'm different than my brother. I don't smell like him. I don't look like him. And if I go in there, hallelujah, with the food, and my father discerned that I'm not really Esau, he's going to curse me. So his mother said, when you kill the goats, I want you to take some of your brother's clothes and the skins of the goat because you're smoothed, but your brother is hairy. And I want you to take the goat's skin on you and put on your brother's clothes and then go before your father. And ask your father to bless it. What is this? What is this story? What it has to do with? Because rightfully so, you and I do not deserve anything from God because we were born the wrong way. We were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. But as the goat, Jesus died. Galatians 3 and 27 says, many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. And one of the things that Esau, Isaac said when Esau or Jacob came for the blessing, he says, I'm confused because I hear the voice of Jacob, but I feel the skin of Esau. That's why any prayer that you get answered is not because of you. God hears the voice of coward but he feels the skin of Jesus. That's why it's important for you to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, you put on Christ as a disguise. And let me tell you, you won't go to heaven because you're Sister Taylor. You won't go to heaven because you're Sister Spence. You won't go to heaven because you're Tisa. As you see, Galatians chapter 3 and 27 say, as many of us have been baptized in Christ, have put on Christ. If you think that you're going to make it into heaven because of yourself, you got another thought coming. You about to put on some clothes. You about to put on Christ. You about to put on, hallelujah. Go with me to Galatians 3 and 27. Bear with me a minute. Are you with me? Galatians 3 and 27. Amen. Look at somebody and say, thank God for the goat. Amen. Look at the book of Galatians 3 and 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have did what? Put on Christ. This, this wonderful privilege that you have to be able to talk with God and to communicate with God is not because of you. 
You should never end your prayers with ending them and just stop them. You should never end your prayer and just stop praying and end it. You got to end your prayer in Jesus' name. You end it in Jesus' name because you don't deserve nothing from the Lord. But when the name Jesus is heard, I'll do it for Jesus, but I won't do it for coward. I'll do it for Jesus, but I won't do it for Taylor. Amen. Because he's the only righteous thing. My God. Can somebody say hallelujah? My God, put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. In the book of Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22, Matthew 22, amen, in verse 9, and, and go ye therefore into the highway as many as ye find bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, both bad and good, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had, on a wet, had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how came thou hither not having on a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now, if you look at this scripture in Matthew 22, this is an invitation to a wedding. And in a wedding, uh, a, a, a Jewish wedding, not only did they invite you, but they provided clothes for you. Because everybody might not have been able to provide clothes. So when you came to the door, they had an outfit for you so that you can dress like the wedding party. This scripture says the wedding was furnished with guests and there was both bad folk and good folk in this wedding. But notice the king didn't check to see what kind of people were in there. He didn't check to see whether they was bad or good. That didn't matter. He wanted to see whether they had on the garment. Because whether you was bad or good, if you got on the garment, it covered you. And there's a lot of us that's going to be saved that feel like we're good, but there's some of us going to be saved that's been bad, and God has covered us with something. When Adam sinned and was running from the presence of God, he was running because he was naked. He was running because he had nothing to put on in the presence of God. But the Bible says God killed something. And took the skin, whatever he killed, and put that on Adam so that Adam could be worthy in the presence of God. In the book of Exodus in Leviticus, whenever the priests went before God, they couldn't go before God with their own clothes. They had to put on priestly garments so that they can walk in the presence of God. Somebody say hallelujah. I want you to understand something. When you got baptized, you put something on you that you didn't know was on you. And the only reason the devil can't do certain things to you... Because when he looks at you, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. My God, can somebody say hallelujah? Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah? We know of Jesus being the lamb. But we don't understand him being the symbolization of the goat. Go with me quickly, if you will, to the book of Leviticus chapter 16. And I want to talk to you about these two goats and the importance of Jesus coming and dying in the fashion that he did. Leviticus 16 and 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron when they offered before the Lord and died. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron thy brother that he come not at all into the holy place where with the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not, for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. Thus shall Aaron come into the holy place with a young bullock for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. And he shall put on the holy linen's coat and he shall have the linen breeches upon his flesh and shall be girded with the linen girdle. With the linen mattire shall he be attired. These are the holy garments. Wherefore shall he wash his flesh in water and so put them on. So let's get that. While he's washing with water, he's putting these garments on. While he's washing. That's why we get baptized and put on, the, on, put on Christ. Five. And, and, ye, uh, and, and he shall take of the congregation of the children of Israel. Listen. Two kid goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering. So I want you to take, listen at this clearly. I want you to take two kid goats for a sin offering. You're going to take two goats and these are going to be for sin offerings. And Aaron shall offer his bullocks of the sin offering which is for himself and make an atonement for himself and for his house. And he shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Hear this very well. So he's to take these two goats and bring them in front of the church, in front of the tabernacle. And Aaron shall cast lots upon the goats and one for the Lord and another for the scapegoat. So what Aaron is to do is to take these goats. He got lots, almost like an any, many, many more. And he's going to decide one of those goats are going to represent the Lord and one of those goats are going to represent a scapegoat. Have you ever heard the word scapegoat? This is where we get this term scapegoat from. One of them are going to represent the Lord and one is going to represent a scapegoat. Are y'all with me, saints of God? Uh, and Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot shall fall and offer him as a sin offering. So the Lord's lot, listen, the lot that fell on the goat that represented the Lord, you're going to take that goat and you're going to kill that goat and represent him as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell on uh, to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and let him go uh, for a, a scapegoat in the wilderness. Listen, you got two goats. One is going to be killed that represent the Lord. The other goat you're going to take in the wilderness and you're going to release him and let him go. But this is the manner in which you'll do it. Verse 11. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make an atonement for himself and for his house. Uh, uh, hear me well here. And shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for him. I want you to go down uh, with me quickly uh, to verse uh, number uh, 12. And he shall take a censer of burnt coals from the fire, and off the altar, the Lord in his hand, full of sweet, uh, beaten small, and bring it unto the veil of the temple. Uh, and he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, and the cloud of the uh, incense may cover the mercy seat that, it, it, that is upon the tabernacle that he die not. And he shall take up the blood of the bullock. Uh, go with me quickly. I want to go to verse 21 to expedite time. So one lamb has been killed. Are you with me, saints? 
One has died and another is still alive. What are we going to do with this live goat? And Aaron shall, uh, and Aaron shall lay both hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all the trespass and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hands of a fit man and to the wilderness. So what he's going to do, he's going to take one goat and kill it. I want you to understand this. That goat is killed. After that goat is killed, he takes some of the blood of that goat, put it on the other goat, and put his hands on the living goat and confess all of the sins of Israel. And all of the sins of Israel is going to be transferred from Israel to the goat. Amen. So every sin that the Israelites have done, it has been transferred now to the goat. And he said, now then you take this goat and lead him out. Listen to this, verse uh, 22, uh, 21. And Aaron shall lay his hands upon the goat, the head of the goat, live goat, and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all the transgression, all their sin, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send them away by the hands of a fit man into the wilderness. And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities and to a land not inhabited, and he shall let go the goat into the wilderness. Listen, he has put his hand on the goat, transferred all the sins of Israel on the goat after he killed one, and set the goat in an uninhabited land to go in the wilderness. What is this, what is this a similar of? When Jesus died, all of the sins of the world was transferred upon Jesus, and Jesus took those sins away and to an uninhabited land, and your sins are no longer connected to you. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah? When you look at Matthew chapter 27 and 29, 27 and 29, I want you to get this, 27 and 29. We are reading in 27 and 29, and when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put them uh, upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed their knees before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, king of the Jews. Let me explain to you. When you see that crown that was placed on the head of Jesus and you see the priest having his hands put it on his head, at that point in time, all of the sins of the world were put on the head of Jesus. When we hear that term that Christ is the head of the church, it's not just the head as an authority, but that's the place where all of our sins were laid, all of our sins were put on him. And so the anxiety of your past, the anxieties of your mess up, the remembrance of your mess up, all these things have been placed on the head of Jesus and the goat has been released. Can somebody say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Can somebody give God praise and say hallelujah? You don't have the power to take away the sins that you committed. You don't have the power to erase the memories of the bad thing that you've done. There are a lot of people today who beat themselves up and are whipped and can't seem to get where they need to be with God because they've not letting things go and given them completely to God. Forgiveness is something that cannot be obtained by yourself. 
Forgiveness and freedom from your past and guilt of your past cannot be obtained by yourself. Now, let me share something with you, and I want everybody to hear me. There are certain things that you do, and you try to recover yourself from the things of your past. You try to help yourself get over those things, but you still have to deal with the guilt of those things. And trying to get forgiveness by yourself does not, is, is not the thing to do because you cannot wash yourself from the thing that you've done. So even though you've tried to live and outlive your past and tried to do all these things to get rid of it, you can't erase an abortion out of your mind. You can't erase the failure to be who you're supposed to be out of your mind. Only Jesus can completely wash your sins away. And salvation is not just about a shout and a dance and a run. But salvation is being able to look at myself as a different person than what I was 15 years ago. Salvation is being able to look at myself and don't consider myself stupid and dumb because of the past failures that I made. Some people when they wake up in the morning and look at themselves, they don't like what they see because they have a record of who they are and what they've done. And I'm going to tell you the truth. If you have lived any time in this world, you have done some stupid things in your life. If you've done anything in this world, you've lived any time in this world, you've done some things that you regret and wish you could get rid of. And there are people that can't sleep at night and can't rest at night because they think about all of the things that they've done. All of the wicked things that they've done. I talked with a young lady who was trying to get over the fact that she had had two or three abortions when she was young. Amen. A mother forced her to get the first one and then over and over those thoughts. She said to me, I keep thinking about how old that child would have been and what this would have been. Amen. I've dealt with people, praise the Lord, hallelujah, who have sold drugs, who have that guilt of who they've sold drugs to and things that they've given, uh, 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 that they've done. I've had, praise the Lord, people who, men who have molested their children and children who yes, we've dealt with them even after prison and coming out of jail, they still feel guilty and bad about the thing that they've done. If you've ever killed somebody, if you've ever murdered somebody, if you've done anything really real bad, amen, if you've been involved in homosexuality and those sins and you've, you've tried to get a life and, and do your own thing, still the, 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 the torment of what you've done hits your mind. But with Jesus, there's grace. With Jesus, there's forgiveness with Jesus he can wash you and clean you and purge you from your iniquities can you put your hand together and give God a praise somebody say hallelujah and you are not heavy enough to carry your sins away you're not heavy enough to atone yourself and what I want to talk about saints of God in order to be saved you have to be washed from your iniquity in order to be saved you have to have a clean record nobody can get to heaven that don't have a clean record nobody can get to heaven that still have sin on the bill you've got to pay the bill before you get there but the problem is I don't have enough to pay the bill every time you sin you put something on your account Every time you lied, you put something on your account. Every time you committed adultery, fornicated, whatever you've done, that thing is on your account. And the problem is, you've charged up a bill that's too much for you to pay. I was in Publix the other day, and this person kept swiping and swiping and swiping and swiping and swiping. And I guess they underestimated how much they had. And didn't have enough. 
And they were sitting there just moving and moving and moving. And of course, the kindness of my heart and the patience that I had, I said, I'll pay for it. And I took my card out and they said, thank you, thank you, I'll pay for it. Let me tell you something, hallelujah. I'm so glad Jesus came in the end of the line. Oh yes, he got in the end of the line. I'm so glad he wasn't in front of me. I'm so glad he was behind me. So after you swipe line, after you swipe gambling, after you swipe fornication, after you swipe adultery, on your way to hell because you couldn't pay the bill. They say, take him, he can't pay it. Jesus got in the back of the line. Jesus said, I know they don't have enough to wash themselves. I know he's a whore. I know he's a liar. I know he's a, don't you look like you had your bill covered because you didn't have it. You didn't have it, but Jesus stepped in the back of the line with his blood. I'll pay for it. Do you know how I would have felt after I paid for that uh, 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 grocery bill and that person just walked out and couldn't even turn around and say thank you? I'd have told them, give me my money back. I done sat there and paid this for you and you're going to act like you can't speak and Jesus done paid your bill and you're going to come in here like you cute he done paid for sins got you out of what you were in delivered you from hell and you can't even say thank you the devil had posters of you in hell won't it hallelujah my god the demons in hell had posters and Jesus said I'll take care of it somebody say hallelujah somebody say hallelujah I heard somebody and I used to say it too and I used to say it that Jesus dropped the charges but he didn't drop them the charges were still there he didn't drop them. he took your place he didn't just drop them when you drop them you don't have to go through the legal so, so Jesus what he did hallelujah my God he said we're going to do this thing right we're going to switch up hallelujah I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get baptized you're going to get baptized in my name and when you get baptized you're going to put on me and then I'm going to get in Mary I'm going to put on flesh so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you spirit and you're going to take my place and, and, and then you're going to get baptized put on Christ you're going to get my spirit in you and we're going to call you the body of Christ and I'm going to become a man and so you, I'm going to take your charges do you know what he did it's just as if you committed murder you robbed a bank and somebody gets an outfit and say put me on and, and I'll take on your character and you take on my character and when you go to court I'll go to court like I'm you when you get sentenced I'll get sentenced like I'm you that's why Jesus went to hell he went to hell for you and you're gonna sit around here like you don't owe him nothing like you don't owe him a praise like you don't owe him a thanks everybody in the building ought to give God praise and tell somebody he's the goat was Esau's blessing. He the one that rightfully deserved it. You don't deserve, hallelujah, anything you get. And do you really know what you deserve? Do you really know what you should have? Do you really know what your sinners should be? In fact, the wages of sin is death. Every sin that you committed, you should have died. Because that's the wages of sin. And if you're still here and you're a sinner, somebody paid for it. 
Because the devil come but to kill and to steal and destroy. Whatever you done, you supposed to have a death sentence for it. When you wake up and come to the reality that Jesus has been keeping me alive, that Jesus has been covering me, that Jesus has been blessing me, the only reason that I'm not dead is because of the grace of God. If you realize that you done the crime, you did the sin, you did what was wrong, and don't have the penalty, it's because somebody took your place. And you ought to praise God for taking your place. Now, when you understand this, you understand praise. You understand that praise is not just about making noise in church. But many of us don't know what we're praising him for. So when we come to church and tell everybody to praise God, which we shouldn't really have to tell you to do. Once you know what a person has done, and because we don't realize the importance of what God has done, it is because of God all the stuff that you went through haven't ran you crazy. It is because of God all of the guilt that you've done haven't ran you crazy. When, when I realize what a person has done, you see, you don't have to, I didn't have to tell that lady to tell me thank you. She realized what I had just done, and automatically out of her mouth, she said thank you. Praise has to be more than about the music in the drum. Praise is a thought of what somebody has done for you. Praise is a thought that you understand. You didn't educate yourself. God gave you the mind to be educated. Praise is to understand that all of your life God has been protecting you from things and protecting you from people even when you didn't have enough sense to do it. Praise is called glory to God. So nobody should have to tell anybody to praise God. Pray, the like of praise is ignorance people don't praise God because they're ignorant there's only two reasons you don't praise God either you're ignorant hallelujah or you just don't understand what God has done when you really know what God has done and, and to sit here and not praise God with all these fine houses and cars and money. To sit here and not praise God with healthy children and healthy bodies. To sit here and not praise God. You must thought you did it for yourself. When you know somebody did it for you, nobody have to tell you to praise him. Nobody have to tell you to say thank you. Yet Sunday after Sunday, you got people that God has given breath all week long. Yet Sunday after Sunday, you got people that people have tried to put roots on and, and, and ducks on and dirt on and to destroy you. Yet God wouldn't let it take your mind. And you mean to tell me I got the pep rally you to praise him. I got the pep rally to tell you thank you. I hope there's somebody here that got good sense to know that God has been good to you. Glory to God. Can somebody say hallelujah? Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Back in the 80s, amen, I think it was Eddie Murphy came up with a movie, Trading Places. I don't know if you really understand Trading Places. He took your place. He traded with you. Praise the Lord. God himself, amen, wrapped himself up in a body. God himself put on fingers and toes. God himself, the majestic one. God himself, amen, humbled himself into the size of a human body. The God that can't be contained anywhere. The God that's too big for the earth. The earth can't hold 
own God. The earth is too small for God. The God that fills heaven, fills earth, and fills everything found a way to put himself in a human body, found a way to wrap himself in a human body, found a way to get I am in a human body, found himself to get breath in a human, y'all ain't said nothing. God wrapped himself up. My God, God wrapping himself up in a human body is about like you trying to take a whole cow and put it in a hot dog. God wrapped himself up in a human body, died on the cross to save you, and you're going to sit down here like you can't praise God and give God glory. Hallelujah. 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 Can you give God the praise and say hallelujah? And the thing about him, this is why I don't want you to understand the thing about God. God didn't love you when you got it together. Let me tell you something. My God, when you fall in love with somebody that's ugly from the get-go, I mean, they got teeth missing. Amen. They got hair missing. They got patches in their head. They look in all kind of ways, and you walk up to something like that and say, I love you, and I'll fix you up later. You know, most of us don't want nothing you got to fix up. You want it looking good when you get it. But while you were yet sinners, while you were still dancing, why you were still stank why you were still musky in sin God walked in there and said I want the musky one I want the stank one I want the gambler I want the liar I want her why you were yet sinners Christ died for your sin it wasn't because of your good looks it wasn't because of your education why you were bouncing from man to man why you were drinking and smoking dope God said I want to save that one and you're going to sit here like you can't say thank you. Thank you. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, I don't deserve to even be here. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell somebody, I don't deserve to be here. My God, can you give God a praise and say hallelujah? Somebody say hallelujah. Ah, but for a while, for a while, listen, Jacob, amen, has put on, amen, his brother Esau's clothes. He smells like Esau. But deep down underneath him, he knows, praise the Lord, that he's still Jacob. He's Jacob disguised under Esau. Somebody say hallelujah. But God meets with him on another opportunity and wrestled with him and said, Thy name shall not be called Jacob, but your name is going to be called Israel. Amen. And as a prince, you're going to have power with God. Somebody say hallelujah. I want to tell you something, saints of God. And I don't want I don't want you to ever forget it. I don't want you to ever forget the fact that God, when you got baptized in Jesus' name, amen, you became a new creature. When you got baptized in Jesus' name, old things were passed away and all things have become new. And every now and then you're going to meet somebody. And every now and then you're going to meet something that looks at your outside identity and tells 
tell you that there has not been an inside change but I want to tell you praise the Lord God has done something in you and many of you feel like going back on God because the change in the inside has not completely manifested on the outside if you understand hallelujah amen the metaphor is uh, uh, that takes place inside of humans uh, that takes place now in fact inside of uh, uh, of Tyrell is a 70 year old man amen inside of me praise the Lord as a baby was a 51 year old coward amen inside of me as a baby hallelujah amen was praise the Lord amen a 20 year old coward now you all were looking at the baby ah but inside of me was a senior God doesn't have to change and put an old man in me God doesn't have to change and put a 20 year old man with me all I have to do is keep on living and I will mature to be what God wants me to be sometimes Satan fights you because of your immature stage and tell you to backslide but let me tell you if you keep living you will change I looked the other day I just looked this morning because I hadn't had TJ and I looked at my hair my hair has changed it used to be black and now it's gray and then it stopped turning gray and now I do like some of y'all it won't even show up amen praise the Lord hallelujah I looked at it praise the Lord amen hallelujah I start looking at my body I see these small wrinkles coming amen I looked at my eyes and I looked at I got a chance to look at Facebook and I looked at some of my pictures 10 years ago and 15 years ago and look at me now I look different I hadn't had to put no man in there but the old man is in the young man and all I have to do is keep on living I know you look a mess now I know you feel a mess now but keep on living there's a saint inside of you there's a preacher inside of you there's a holy person inside of you oh glory to God and the devil is bothering you because you don't see that holy man coming out you don't see that righteous man coming out but I'm saying stay in the church and stay with God it's gonna mature it comes with maturity it comes with standing God and so what happens when you look in the mirror and see yourself you don't like what you see but go back five years ago you're not that same person that were you five years ago tell somebody I'm changing it's slowly but I'm changing somebody say glory to God and every now and then when the devil makes you feel that church and serving God has nothing to do and nothing is happening I need some of you saints I need some sister Taylors and some sister Sherry's and some sister Sharrows to go back and look at your picture and see what you used to look like Ah, every now and then you need to go and look at your Facebook page and know what you used to do and how you used to respond how you had curse words but now people say things to you you don't even bother anymore but if you can look at your picture and you look the same today as you did five years ago something is wrong but I'm so glad I see some changes I see some transforming can you say hallelujah put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah 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 when a child is born and every baby when he's born amen he looks like himself now there are some strong genes that come the baby looks just like the daddy or the baby looks just like the mama but some babies are born they don't look like nobody look like a little worm a little rat look like themselves but as they start living feet 
just start coming in them. When you get born again, some of y'all won't look like it. When you get born again, some of y'all won't act like it. Yes, when a baby's born, he messes on himself. He humans on himself. But as he grows, he gets rid of those ways that he has. And what you do, there's a process of time. You have to keep washing the baby and throwing out the diaper. You have to keep washing the baby and throwing out the diaper. But you don't wash the diaper and throw out the baby. Amen. You keep the baby because he's going to grow. I watch this little boy that's next to Sister Taylor. I'm watching it as he grow. Amen. I'm watching height get on him. I'm watching, uh, I'm watching Marcus' head. Amen. I'm watching uh, uh, Janelle's color. I'm watching him shape. I'm watching his eyes. I'm watching certain develop in him because what's in that child is the genes of his father. And I don't care if the genes are in there. The boy don't have to do nothing when the genes get in there. Because some of y'all don't want your baby to look like the daddy. Because you don't like the daddy. But the genes are in there. And they make him look like him anyway. When you got the genes of God you just stay in the church. The father is going to come out of you. We don't know what we shall be. But we know when he appears we shall be like him. Something happened to me when I got saved. I got God's DNA and I'm going to look like him. Glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and say neighbor. Maybe you're questioning who my daddy is now. Maybe you're questioning whether I'm saved or not. But stick around a while. The DNA, the genes, they're going to come out in me. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Grab somebody by the hand and say be patient with me. It's in me. It's in me. It's in me, it's in me. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. I wish I had a few saints. Amen. Our problem is we've got to keep you around the atmosphere. And what you don't understand, children of God, when you get born again, there's an enemy that's fighting the seed. Let me explain to you something. Anybody that is a son to a father inside that son carries the same thing that's in the father it's in the son it's in his DNA that's why they can check your son and when they check your son they can connect your son to you because your DNA is in him and your son have a son and they can check your son and the DNA is in him and son after son after son they can get DNA from thousand years later and connect that DNA to you. Ah, when you get saved, the devil don't like you because the DNA of God is in you. And when you got the DNA of God in you, it's in you, but it connects to him. It's in you, but it connects to him. So somebody asked me, what do we mean when we say in the name of Jesus? When I say in the name of Jesus, I'm laboring what the DNA is in me. Somebody say hallelujah. Satan, if you bother me, 
you got to bother Jesus because in me is that DNA. Somebody say hallelujah. Come here Marcus. Come here son. Glory to God. Come here sister Taylor. Come here just a minute. Glory to God. You can look hallelujah at sister Taylor. You can look at Marcus. You can look at the way they're built and know that something in them is related. Come here brother Spence. Hallelujah. Come here Alicia. Come here. Come here a minute. Yeah you. Stand up that side brother Spence. Alicia. Alicia. Come on you two. You two. You two. Both of them. Amen. Come and get in the middle. Amen. Hallelujah. You can look at them and tell inside of them that's something that's connected to him. Somebody say glory to God. Hallelujah. Can you give God a praise and say hallelujah. Give him a praise and say thank you. Come here, son. Come here. All three of y'all come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Amen. Hallelujah. When you look at these three children, you can look at them and tell there is some resemblance. And anytime I see them, it reminds me of the other one. You don't understand when you've been born again. Anytime the devil see you, it reminds him of your father. It reminds him of what's in you. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise. And not only does features follow, not only does feature follow, but similarities in the bloodline. Somebody say hallelujah. They say like father, like son. Hallelujah. Some folks say you know them Smith. They mean as they can be. Hallelujah. You know them boys. Them some bad boys. It runs in their drugs. Drugs run in their system. Well, let me tell you, power and deliverance run in my system. I'm just like my daddy. If you bury me, I'll get out the ground. Aren't we like him? I tell you what, I'll show you you like him. Praise the Lord. They buried Jesus and put him in the ground and he got up. If they bury a saint and put them in the ground, you're going to get up. In fact, if you got the power of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something so you can understand. Hallelujah. There's something that connects. I want you to get me now. now there are times that people look alike. <coughs> and they're not necessarily kin so just to make sure that the features on the outside are consistent with who they are they take DNA and when they take DNA DNA proves because they got the same thing in them the Bible says if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his I want to check your DNA and I wonder do you have the spirit of Christ if you got the spirit of Christ you got the Holy Ghost amen you're one of God and if you belong to God you got power power to tread upon serpents power to cast out demons power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover can somebody say hallelujah somebody say hallelujah grab somebody by the hand and say neighbor I thank God for the blood Thank God for the spirit. Thank 
God for the water. Thank God for the goat. Somebody say glory. Hallelujah. Some people, when they get elevated, they wear minks. Some people wear bears. Some people wear foxes. But for the church, I got the goat on. I got the goat on. Somebody say hallelujah. And when I go before the Lord, he sees, he hears Clayton, but he sees Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. You ought to hug somebody and tell them, thank God for the blood. Thank God for the covering. Thank God that my sins are covered. Thank God that I'm washed. Somebody say glory. Is there anybody that can praise God when you think of what he's done for you? Underneath Jesus, underneath the goat, underneath you is a sinful, wicked person. Them robes cover wrinkles. Them robes cover spots. Hallelujah. They cover. I can't see your deformities. I don't know what you got on under that robe. I don't know what it looked like. I want to tell you, under every one of our robes are dirt. Filth. Guilt. Shame. What's under your robe? What's under the goat? What's under there? Some of the things you do, you didn't want your children even to know. Hope the saints never find out. But I'm able to walk out clean with my hands up, thanking God. What about if everybody knew where you were? See, one of the reasons the Bible say that when we stand before God, we got on our robes, white robes. Because there's going to be a day of judgment. And everybody going to line up. And all of the things that they got going to be revealed. All the things that they've done before the whole world. But there was a distinctive group that had on an outfit and they were wondering why everybody else got on this other stuff. Evidently, everybody ain't got on white because they stood out. They're all covered in white. And they say, who are these? They say, oh, you don't know who they are? Those are people that have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. When you get there, you won't get there because you're good. You're going to get there because you're covered. Bible said that he coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. And I want to tell you, one of the reasons it's not a spot or wrinkle because you got something over it. There's some spots and wrinkle under there. I think every now and then, 
when you get a little proud, you need to peep under there. Every now and then, when you get a little high mind and get a little something, you need to peep under there. Every now and then, when you're looking at somebody else and judging them, you need to look under there. And I think if you look at what's under your robe, I think you'll shut your mouth and just say, thank you. Next time you feel like judging somebody that walked in the church, you get your mind up. You say, thank you. Look under there. See how many years you dip snuff and chewed tobacco. Y'all ain't saying nothing. How many lies you done told? How many joints you done rolled? Y'all ain't saying nothing. How many beds you done jumped out? Don't y'all look at me like I'm crazy. When you look underneath there, you say, thank you. I think tonight the reason y'all sitting down there so pretty because some of y'all need to take a peep under your robe. I dare you to look under there and see what God washed you from. Ah, some of your old mothers need to look under that robe and look at your pappy dad days. My God, I know you're shouting out, but under that robe is some pappy dad days and and some Orange Street Bar days, some Zodiac days, some Moonwalk days, some Mashed Potato days. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Some Jane Brown days, some Michael Jackson days, some Keep Sweat days. Underneath that robe, but Jesus. Some Hennessy days, some Baca days, some Gin days, but Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And for you nails this saying, stop looking under my robe. You got your own robe to look under. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hug somebody, tell them I've been washed. Tell them I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. I don't look like what I've been through. I've been washed. I know y'all choir members. Y'all choir members. There's some dirt under the robe. Y'all preachers sitting in the pulpit, there's some dirt under the robe. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for baptism. Thank God for what he done. Somebody say hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. If you walked in here and you're a sinner and you feel unworthy and you, ain't, you said, look at how bad I am. Tide can't wash this out. Amen. I said, Tide can't wash it out. Bleach can't got it out. Somebody say hallelujah. But we got a robe. My God, we can baptize you. You can put on the goat. You can walk out of here clean. Somebody say hallelujah. Washed. Washed. And I think tonight, every one of you, don't ever take that turn, the goat lightly. You're not the goat. You're not the one that can take sins away. Don't let the devil put you into that frame of mind, that attitude. It takes the glory from God. It takes the covering from God. It takes that wonderful story that the Lord wanted to show about him being that goat. Taking all of the sins of us and putting them on him. And let me say this as I get ready to go. God 
didn't only cover, I want you to understand this, how powerful it was. Jesus died before you were born. That means before you got here, he had already paid for the sins that he knew you were going to commit. They paid for the sins that you were going to commit were paid for before you got here. But you got to apply for it. They had some PPP money. I, the right people get it. Now the right folk. Some of y'all got PPP money and you ain't supposed to get it. It's still PPP money. Prison, parole, and probation. It's still PPP. So when y'all sitting up in church and y'all hear some music come on, bad boys, what you gonna do? And you know the choir don't say that kind of song, they coming for you. But there's an application there's a process. Yes, your sins are already forgiven. Now, in that PPP process, there was a forgiveness program which allowed whatever that loan was to be written off. And you didn't have to pay it back, but you had to apply. God has already forgiven you for whatever you have done. Don't care how bad it is, but repentance and coming to this altar in baptism is the process of getting what he's already forgiven you for. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with people every day who are dealing with guilt. Shame. For a young woman to come into your office who has had an abortion and saying, Pastor, I don't even know how to deal with it. Every time I see somebody holding a baby, it just psychologically messes me up. That's difficult. But God is an answer. He can wash all that away. But people who haven't been there for their parents or mothers or different ones that feel like they wasn't there and something happened to a parent or a mother or father and they feel like I wasn't there and they feel guilty. I had one sister who kept coming. Her and her mother didn't make men before she died. And they were in, and so she felt like I'm the cause of my mother's death. It takes forgiveness from God. Today, if you're here and you are dealing with guilt, shame, you're dealing with the consciousness of sin, you need to get under the goat. You need to let Jesus cover you and wash you and clean you. That's the only way you can get rid of it. Don't live. Let's stand to our feet. Don't live in the past anymore. Stand to your feet. But all God wants is a person that is convicted. Let me show you this, and I'll give you this. The process of getting that loan forgiveness for that PPP wasn't really that big of a process. First, they wanted to acknowledge how much you got, what you did. 
I think God wants you to acknowledge what you've done, where you're at, your wrong, your sin, your errors, your failures. That's a part of it. That's a number one part of it. Thank God for this young man, Brother Cooper. Come here, son. Come here. He's coming back to the Lord. Told me, Pastor, I want to be in the church. I want to give my life to God. I see a lot of backsliders coming and trying to make your way to the Lord and make yourself, get yourself back to God and get in that place that God wants you to get, be in that place. The older you get, you know, the more the things of your past start bothering you. I never went to, I, I, I never, I remember going to two events. I went down to uh, Haines City. I was going down there at the Haines City City Hall and there was a young there was a uh, white gentleman there. He was old. I imagine he was in his 90s or something. Looked like he could have been 80 or 90. Maybe I got his age wrong, but you're old like that. And when I sat down, he said, and he didn't think he was doing anything. He said, hey, nigger boy, how are you? Well, he didn't understand times that changed. He still thought mentally, really. And it, it, I, I wasn't offended by it because I understand mentally he really thought that it was those latter times. He was still living in that memory time. I went to a nursing home and I saw an older uh, white gentleman. He was crying and he looked at me and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm saying, what are you sorry from? I think the past of their memories come. I've known older people, they get on their deathbed, they start confessing stuff. Some of them are tormented in their rooms seeing things feel like they're dying scared to die scared to live because they're dealing with those things of their past but Jesus has come to watch that and, and really what God want to do is really watch your conscience watch your mind and if you're here today and you need to know that God has totally forgiven you and totally saved you and totally washed you why don't you step out of your seat and come with me today I want to pray for you this year this year, this year what God told me to deal with and pray for is really a new start. And that new start comes with a new mind. Some of you, God has already challenged your mind and your thinking about this year and told you, hey, I don't want you to continue. And so what God is saying, I want you to get rid of the thoughts of the past, the thing that the enemy is beating you around with, the thing that you've carried for years and years. Forgive yourself. When you look at yourself, I want you to look at yourself as a new creature. And you're here today. And you need to be totally washed and feel like you need to have the freedom of God in your mind, in your thoughts, and who you are. Why don't you step out? I'm not going to uh, 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 take a whole lot of time, but I want you to come. I want you to come. Come, young men. Are there others? Are there others? Are there others? Come on. Let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Hallelujah. I had an older lady came to me one time. She said, Pastor, when I was younger, I got in an accident and uh, I murdered someone. I never noticed. She said, that thing bothers me. It, 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 it haunts me. I told her, let me pray for you. Let God move that guilt out of your heart. Come a little closer. Is there anybody else? Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. And let me tell you how the devil works with this. How it works. 
See, he wants to have you full of so much of guilt that you feel like God don't want to save you. He'll have you so full of guilt that he'll say, no, God, God won't give you the Holy Ghost. God, God, God can't use you. That's his tool. Now look how nasty that devil is. He'll use you to mess up. Then you mess up and he tell you God don't want you. He'll do it. He'll beat you down a thing you done 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But I want you to lift your hands up right now and I'm getting ready to pray for you. And I want you that are here, I want you to ask God to clean you and wash you. Wash me. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be changed. I want to be different. Come a little closer. The choir's going to sing and then I'm getting ready to pray for you. 